Father in heaven, I just thank you for your peace. Thank you we have peace with you, God. We have peace with you, Lord, because of what you've done, Jesus. Thank you that we have peace with you. Thank you we are one with you through faith in you, through repentance from sin and following you. We have peace and we are righteous in you. We are transformed by you. We have newness of life. We are born again because of your blood. We have a new birth through the water and the blood. A brand new birth. I just thank you, Lord, for this time. I dedicate this time to you, Lord. It is for you. I just want to share your love. I just want to share your heart and what you I just want to I just want to talk about what what you how you see us, Lord. What you have to say about us. I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I just want to thank you, uh, whoever is listening to this podcast. Welcome to the show. This is Jonah, the host of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. Thank you for joining this week's episode. I really uh, appreciate it. I just want to see people set free, and that's what this is all about. Uh, I'm broadcasting right now from Michigan City, Indiana, not not very far from Chicago, um, right by uh, very close to Lake Michigan, um, and um, We've been in a series uh, this season of, of untwisting the scriptures, and we spent a good amount of time in Romans 6, 7, and 8, and the last few episodes just been um, unpacking more things related to that subject um, and kind of transitioning uh, into the next step of the, of the, uh, of the season, of uh, the next uh, passage we're going to untwist. But um, there's just a lot of things I wanted to talk about before I completely finished uh, Romans 6, 7, and 8. And so um, we will, uh, this should be the final episode of tying some of those things up um, as we start digging into uh, the next passage. But no guarantees, but that's uh, where I think uh, we're headed. But um, there's just, there's so much goodness in what we read in Romans 6, 7, and 8. And I just still have a lot that I've wanted to share about it uh, and the realities and the truth. Um, and so I'm just going to share some more things and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see uh, where we end up and if we're ready to dig into the next passage in the next episode. So, but what I want to talk about here right now, uh, in, in the same letter, Romans 10 verse 4, it says this. It says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness Christ is the end of the law for righteousness it does not say that Christ ended the law Paul he Paul already established that we uphold the law he said that exact phrase that we uphold the law and Jesus himself he said that he didn't come to earth to end the law but to fulfill and accomplish it he came to earth to do what the law requires to satisfy the law to fin to complete it not do away with it but complete it and he said it is finished on the cross so he came to accomplish and fulfill the law to complete what it requires and to do to do so on behalf of all who would truly believe in him that's us that's us who are born again who follow jesus authentically 
the law has now been accomplished and fulfilled. The law, is, the law has been accomplished and fulfilled. But this is something we have to remember. It is still the ways and the truth of God and what He desires. The law is not done away with. It's fulfilled. But it is still the ways and the truth of God and what He desires. Of course, with, with proper application and through the New Covenant understanding, of course, because there are some changes because of the cross. Some things ended some things changed in different ways and some things are still the same just a simple example i don't need to go deep into that but just a simple example so you're not like thrown off by what i'm saying animal sacrifices ended at the cross that is an old testament command those are old testament laws and commandments that are no longer needed because christ is the once and for all sacrifice so that's just an example um, murder is still sin. That that was in the law. That is obviously still sin. Adultery is still sin. All that, um, you know. Uh, so anyway, don't need to go any more uh, into that. And then there's some things that uh, changed in certain ways. You know, some things ended because of clear matters of what reason matters reasons why. Some changed in ways, and some are still the same. But anyway, the point is, the law has been fulfilled, but. There is still so much truth in the Old Covenant um, of God's desire, God's design, God's commandments that we're called to live. But anyway, um, yeah, we're supposed to still walk in those ways with proper application through New, new Covenant understanding, of course, as I was saying. But anyway, so right before this, Romans 10, uh, 2 through 3, it says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. This is Paul talking about his prayer. His, so he said, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. See, Paul said he he said not according not according to knowledge now this knowledge isn't a head knowledge or knowing information or a doctrine it's not a doctrinal knowledge this is genuine knowledge of God which means to truly know him personally genuinely having relationship with God that's what it means there's certain times in the Bible where where it talks about knowledge of God um, where it's talking about knowing him not knowing about him not having information or doctrine or religion but knowing him so this is genuinely having relationship with God not just knowing about him and and you can't truly know God's knowledge and righteousness without relationship with God so you can know about it but you can't know it or walk in it you have to be saved born again and refathered that's what what paul is talking about in here you have to be saved born again and refathered israel attempted to establish their own righteousness self-righteousness this is impossible if you are living under law apart from faith and knowing god the knowledge of god as i just as i just touched on 
this, this kind of person is helpless and hopeless, like the Roman 7 template of the man living under a marriage covenant to the law. Living under law and not under grace, living outside of redemption. It's impossible to establish your own righteousness. It's impossible when you're living under law apart from faith and knowing God. So, the passage then continues in Romans 10. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. And then it has a quote of, of what it said. The man who does those things shall live by them. End quote. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or, who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This is, I suggest that you read this, because it's pretty deep, and there's some things in there that are like, what? What was that? I su suggest you go on your own and read this. This is Romans 10. Um, so yeah, he talks about those things. The end of the law, uh, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. So righteousness is through Christ, faith in Christ, not through the law. And then at the end, he goes through those different things um, about righteousness of faith and the truth about that. And then I'm not going to dig into all that. There's too much to try to uh, unpack right now. But then he ends it saying, "What does it say?" So he's saying this: these things are not not what it what it uh, means. But what does it say? The word it says this: the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. So. This passage, this is where it said that the law is, is not how we are made right with God. Christ is how we are right with God. Faith and trust in Him and receiving His righteousness and victory and restoration. Receiving what He accomplished for us and letting His victory transform us. Through this faith and righteousness given to us, through this faith and righteousness given to us, the Word then becomes so near that it is in our mouth and in our heart. So it, it, it gets inside of us and changes who we are. Like, like the New Covenant prophecy in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31. The laws and ways of God become internal and are written on our hearts now. They are written on our hearts now. They are not external rules we try to attain. They are not written on stone outside of who we are where we try to change and become those things. They are a new covenant made and written and words and laws written on our hearts, who we, who we are, our identity changed. They are not external rules we try to attain. They aren't written on stone outside of who we are. They are our true identity and nature written on our hearts. Our true identity and nature in Christ because we have been born again in Him. We died with Him, and we're, we were raised with Him. There's also a very interesting passage in Romans 9 uh, that I want to share. It says this, um, Romans 9, verses 30 through 33. It says, Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, 
even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, have not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? This is actually Paul's words. I'm still quoting him besides that tagline I just said. Why? Paul says, why? So why is this? Let me read this part. I just want to make sure this is understood. I'm going to read it again. Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, have not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Question mark. That's what Paul said. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will, will not be put to shame. Here, here we can see that the law can be obeyed. <clears throat> okay, what? What are you saying now? Okay, look at it. They, why couldn't they attain it? Why couldn't they obey it? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. What's, I mean, it's, it's, this shows us that the law can be obeyed. We can walk in the righteousness and truth of God through faith. Apart from faith, we can't. It's impossible. Anyway, so we see here, we, we see that the law can be obeyed. The Lord's words can be walked in, but only through faith, only through an identity of righteousness that is through covenant relationship with God. It is impossible to obey God apart from God. How can you obey Him if you're not even obeying knowing Him, His desire to know Him, that He wants you to know Him, that He wants you to live in Him and live through Him? How can you obey anything of God without connection, relationship with God. Anyway, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, only through faith, only through an identity of righteousness that is through covenant relationship with God. Faith is the only way to truly have righteousness and to be able to walk in righteousness. Faith and relationship is the source of walking in the righteousness of God. Without faith, Scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. What does that imply? With faith, it implies that with faith, we can please Him. So, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then it is possible to please Him with faith. Faith is the source. Relationship with Him is the source. Believing Him is the source. If we believe Him, we can walk in the things that He has instructed us to walk in. It's, oh, it's amazing. Man, if our, our it's something I mention often because it's just so um, huge and powerful to me, and it's, if our own salvation is through faith, through our belief, how do we think anything else in the kingdom is anything less? Like if our own well-being, our own soul, the salvation of our soul is reliant upon our faith and trust in Him and, and his, what He's done for us and all that, what makes us think that anything else doesn't require faith 
on our end to walk in. It's just, man. So, anyway, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. But with faith, we can please Him. We can live pleasing to God with faith through relationship in Him. Wow. So, sin isn't the problem anymore. I just want to state that. Sin isn't the problem anymore. Jesus already won the battle against sin. He already took care of that. that the once and for all sacrifice. That's what Romans 6 hammers so hard when Paul goes into saying he died to sin once and for all. It is done. It is over. And then the very next words he says you, you now must reckon yourselves indeed dead to sin and alive unto God. Have the same mindset. The finality of sin and its, its removal from your heart and from your life. Jesus already won the battle against sin. Sin isn't the problem anymore. He won that battle. Our battle is dying to ourselves. We must die daily and stay dead. When you're dead, you're, you're free from sin. You're dead to sin. You're free from sin. You don't need to be delivered from sin. You already have been. Let me say that again. This is a truth. This is an absolute truth in Scripture that we need to believe in our heart and renew our minds with. You don't need to be delivered from sin. If you are born again, if you are a child of God, you live for Jesus, you don't need to be delivered from sin. You already have been. What you need, what you need is revelation on the freedom from sin that you already have. What you need to do is believe. You need to believe. You are freed from sin the very moment that you were born again. Colossians 1.13, Acts 13.38-39, and Romans 6, and plenty other scriptures, but those ones right there will reveal to you the truth about this. You've already, you've already been freed. You've already been delivered. So, last things I really want to get into. Um, so, we... I'll just pause there for a second. I just said a lot, and I tried to jump ahead too quickly, but... You need revelation on the freedom from sin that you already have. He has delivered you from the power of darkness. He has set us free from every sin. Our old self was crucified with him. You are dead to sin. And therefore you must reckon yourself, see yourselves, align your heart and your mind and renew your mind, your thinking with that truth that you are dead to sin. This is it is an absolute fact of Scripture, of what God has, has spoken. You don't need to be delivered from sin. You need to believe. Believe, believe, believe Him. Believe Him. Please believe Him. Believe Him. Okay. Now I feel, feel released to move on. So... We thoroughly examined Romans 6 and 8 
and and we untwisted the ridiculous lies, the ridiculous lies about it. Uh, we cleared up the confusion, and we brought light to the passage that that the passage in Romans seven that people so often twist and misunderstand. And after doing so, I I want to dig into other scriptures. I I'd like to examine other passages of scripture that people com commonly twist, and uh, let. We're going to untwist them, and we're going to stop their destruction and the lies that lead to a life that is less than the gospel. Or we're going to clarify the truth, and we're going to see the truth that makes us free. People, people so often claim that Paul struggled with sin all the time and all kinds of nonsense. It's not true. We we just killed that bogus lie with the truth, and if. If you're listening and you're like, what are you talking about? You've got to go back and make sure you listen to the rest of the season. It's very uh, cohesive and progressive, a progressive teaching throughout. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we killed that bogus lie with the truth of what the scripture really says. And uh, we're going to closely examine some of the other passages, the other passages that people also twist very, very often. Uh, passages that other people often twist. Um, before we jump into these verses that we are going to untwist um, in the next episode, I want to briefly examine uh, a passage in First Timothy as sort of a a prologue uh, to to the subjects to those uh, new passages that we're going to dig into. And uh, I just think I kind of wish I would have mentioned it sooner, um, but uh, it's really cool, and I just wanted to to uh, read through it. Um, and in First Timothy 6, Paul makes a very bold and incredible statement. He says that if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, this is his exact words, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the teaching that accords with godliness. He says that that person is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. What a statement that is. That is, wow. So let's look at the passage, word for, the full thing, word for word. Um, and then we'll, we'll close this episode shortly. But um, 1 Timothy 6, I'm going to jump in... Uh, like part way through verse 2 and go down to I think about verse 16 so if you want to read this yourself too um, get your own Bible and read it so um, this is what Paul says he says teach and urge these things if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. 
But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, he's saying this to Timothy, as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from, repro free from reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, and Lord of Lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Wow, that is, there's so much in there. There's so much goodness in there, and there's not enough time to go over all of it, but I want to touch on a few highlights. If Please, please read that yourself before uh, the next episode. First um, Timothy 6. Now oh, there's so much goodness in there. So I just want to highlight a couple of parts in it. Because it's way too much. We don't have enough time to go through all that. And it's not all directly uh, relative. But it is, is, it is worth noting that one of the main subjects. That he is referring to from the previous chapters. When he said. Because remember the first verse that I read from this passage. He said teach and urge these things. It's worth noting that one of the main subjects that he is referring to from, from the previous chapters when he said that, teach and urge these things, was purity and keeping ourselves pure. That's first, uh, see 1 Timothy 5, chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 21 as references for that. So those are some of the main things that he's saying, teach and urge these things. And that is purity and keeping ourselves pure. So, and in uh, chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, he said, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. I didn't say it. Paul did. The, the Word of God says this. The Word declares that people who do not agree with the sound words of Jesus, like, like His words, go and sin no more, for example, or anything He taught about righteousness, living holy, all that stuff. It says anyone who disagrees with the teachings of Scripture that produce godliness, that are uh, the teachings of Scripture 
that accords with godliness. The, the sound words of Jesus and the teaching that accords with godliness. It says anyone who disagrees with these things, it says they are puffed up with conceit and understand nothing. This is, hmm, this is a sobering scripture for many people. Um, people who fight against the truth of freedom, purity, and living victorious over sin understand nothing. That's, that's what Paul said. That's what the Bible says. Teaching sin consciousness and slavery to sin comes from a place of understanding nothing it is conceit it, he said they are puffed up with conceit and understand nothing it is conceit which means being filled with pride it is conceit and being filled with with pride to be fighting against godliness and freedom it is not humility it is not humility at all humility believes God Humility believes God and what He says. Humility believes what He says. It does not deny what He says. And it doesn't deny what He says and live less than the gospel. It is pride to fight against godliness and freedom. I don't understand. Why would anyone fight against godliness and freedom? That is makes no sense that is crazy that is just absolutely bonkers crazy so then paul goes through a long list of destructive living and ungodly living and many things that are produced when we don't agree with the teaching of godliness that we are called to live and and uh the twisting of scripture that, that produces destruction. What happens when you go that route? He, he goes through a bunch of that stuff, talks about people that live for wealth, all that kind of stuff. Uh, live to be rich um, and selfish, all that. And after all of that, he then says, but as for you, O man of God. So, this is what our focus is to be. We must agree and believe the words of Christ and the teachings of godliness. So he's like, this is what's happening. All these people that are puffed up, understand nothing. But you, man of God, this is this is where your focus is. Okay? So that's what he's getting into. So this is what our focus is to be. We must agree and believe the words of Christ and the teachings of godliness. This is now about us. When he says, as for you, O man of God, this is now about us and what we are to be about. Everything, everything right before this is a life of destruction and corruption. But this is us. Okay, He says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Those aren't for you. <laughs> Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. We are called to flee all these inferior things and all these sins. And we are called to pursue righteousness and godliness. We are to, to align ourselves 
and, and agree with the teaching that accords with godliness, the sound words of Christ. When he says, go and sin no more, we're not supposed to go, oh, well, pff, that's impossible. That, pff, that, that's not what he really meant. No, you're supposed to agree and say yes and amen. I believe you. We are called to flee all those inferior things and all those sins, the list that he went through. We are called to pursue righteousness and godliness. We are called to pursue faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. And we, we must fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which we were called. We can now. We can take hold and start that now, that journey now. Hmm. Then, then Paul, he ends the passage saying this. He says, he says to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we are made for. To see the fruit of truth and godliness and keep His commandment unstained we are we are to believe we are we are made to believe godliness the teaching that accords with godliness and to believe the sound words of Christ not to doubt them not to twist them and to preach unrighteousness and ungodliness we are to believe the sound words of Christ so in our thinking we must untwist all the lies that are contrary to this foundational truth. We must untwist in our minds and in our hearts all of the lies that are contrary to this foundational truth and change the way we see these things and believe the Bible and agree with God about the teaching that accords with godliness. So, now I think... Now we are ready, we are ready in the next episode to dive right into the next passage that we will untwist. Um, and the next episode, we will, we're going to immediately dive into it. Um, and we're going to closely examine, it's going to be 1 John 1. And we're going to untwist the foolish lies and the perversions that people have proclaimed uh, by, uh, through twisting 1 John 1, 8. That's the verse that people have twisted into something it is not even close to being. Um, but uh, I'm not going to say any more on that, but that's what we're going to dive right into um, in the next episode. And uh, thank you so much for joining. I pray that you would agree with the teaching that accords with godliness and believe and agree with the sound words of Christ. That you would believe the truth that makes you free and renounce the twisting of the truth that produces destruction and living less than the gospel, less than freedom, less than godliness and righteousness. So I just thank you. Thank you so much for joining. I pray that the Lord would bless you and continue to awaken you into more of uh, His calling on your life, your, your identity, your relationship with Him, your identity and your destiny on this earth so the lord loves you so much thank you very much for joining um yeah god bless you love you guys
Thanks again for joining this week's episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Jonah Smith Preachings and Teachings. You can comment, uh, send me a message if you, if you have any questions or if there's anything you want me to uh, um, talk about on the show. Um, and uh, I'm also on a WordPress blog uh, and I'm on YouTube as well. And those are going to be under uh, Truth Produces Freedom podcast. And you can get this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, please like, subscribe, and share with people just so more people um, can get the podcast and hear um, the truth that's going to make them free. I just want to see people set free and walking in their identities. identities. So thank you so much for uh, joining and uh, may God bless you in Jesus' name.